We're getting some great uh, comments in, getting great feedback, uh, really enjoying the stories of the old Galway. Um, people are calling the station and they're in stitches, uh, so they are, um, because they're remembering the people uh, that we're talking about uh, today. Now, we're going to give you a chance to win in association with Moobles. Uh, there's our stock clearance sale right on, on right now. We have a €100 voucher to give away. At Moobles, Mike Harnett, uh, the manager, uh, will be more than happy to chat to anyone regarding their needs when you visit them. But we have a €100 voucher indeed for uh, each day from Moobles uh, in Ballybrit there. You can choose in-store or the cafe there. You have to text the word SALE and you have to do so straight away to our number and that number is 086 38 33 55 3. 086 38 33 55 3. My next guest here is a legend. Well, we have two legends coming the way, PJ as well. Uh, is Rita Gilligan. We know Rita because she used to pop into us, great friend of the Elwood family and uh, she was the Hard Rock Cafe host and a proud native of Bohemore and never forgot where she came from. And uh, she's also an OBE. Rita, good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you, and thank you for having me. Good to have you as well. Mm. You, you, you've had a great career, so you have. Um, COVID kind of brought an end to it for you? It did. I'd given him my notice in October um, 2019 and leaving the following... 18 months and then of course COVID came in and Bob's your uncle you know but I do a lot, lot of videos for them and stuff like that you know For the younger people in the room here in Tonerys tell mm. us about your job with the Hard Rock Cafe you left Bohemore and you went to work in Galway and from there your career took off well, I, I started really in the great. I started in the hat factory. No, not the hat factory. The china factory. They wouldn't get, there was no jobs in the hat factory for me, and um, it was very much family orientated. So then I got a job in the in the um, in the china factory, and uh, somehow the mixing of the paint and that didn't affect my stomach. So I got a job in the Great Southern, which was the railway hotel then. Yeah. And um, I just hold said, on a second. Though. When you were mixing the paint, you weren't drinking the paint. What made you? I think? know I wasn't. It was affecting my stomach. Oh. Yeah. I saw Somehow it affects. I mean, I used to mix the oil and the and the, uh, and the and the dry paint. Wow. And some of my dinner sets when I went to London, I found them in, in Selfridges in London. Get away. Yeah, because your name on the back. My of name. Uh, well, my tea was my was my mark, and I just was when I went in there to get some milk jokes at the restaurant. I thought I'm going to have a look here and see, and I looked and I found myself from Galway over Selfridges. Not bad. And listen, you went to work so in the in the in the railway um, hotel. And mm. then from there, where did you, you when did your... Well, I, I went to the railway hotel and, and I scrubbed and cleaned. I begged for the job because that time there was no CVs, nothing like that. You just went in and asked for a job. So I remember um, asking the chap at the door and um, he said, no jobs here. But then when I saw him going to a car, I spotted him carrying a case. And in I went and I found a man called Mr. Brian Collins, a lovely carry man. Sadly, he's gone, you know. And he used to come that, back in the morning. That's six. a few years ago. Uh, about 1956. Wow, the mm. name is synonymous with that hotel. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll never beat him, you know. No. And um, uh, he brought me in the still room, then a waitress, and then I left for England. Um, first went to Manchester, then came home because there was a band playing in Seapoint, which I wanted to hear, the Clifford Carlton. So I came home for the weekend, you know, and I went back then. And Hold I on, very how, how did you get home for the weekend? Were there flights then, or did you come by boat? Oh, come on the boat, and you were vomiting for a week, for God's sake. <laughs> Stop it. Well, you forgot. Sake. But, but you know, you're going home. But you'd leave London. Yeah. And you'd take the train to the, the boat. Yeah, to Hollyhead. Hollyhead. You get and the then boat over. over. And then the train down. Yeah, and then when the dance was over next day into the Great Southern, could I have the job? And I got the job back for a, about six months and then I headed to London. Again. And spent 60 years. And while well, I was travelling all the time, my work, you know. 
Mm. And again, how did you get into the Hard Rock Cafe? Well, it was my father, my husband, Lord Emerson, found uh, an advert on the paper, and it was quite big, and it said, waitresses wanted late 30s, 40s, or 50s. Now, this is 1970, when the Playboy Club opened, and I worked in a lot of clubs in London, and the Playboy wanted skirts up to here, and somehow the Hard Rock wanted a, a white dress, calf length, white shoes, white shoes, and uh, we started with 46 people. Today, we got 58,000. Wow. Uh, we opened our doors that got a lease for five uh, five thousand pounds, and in the shadow of Buckingham Palace, this is where you walk down with tuxedo. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah, the mink coat, the Queen's English. They wouldn't serve you. Well, we opened the first classless restaurant. A binman, a baker, a billionaire. They all sat together. All was one. That was our motto, and I carry it right here. All was one, and all is one. And then you went on to travel the world. Celia. I did. Yeah, I opened the second Hard Rock on the in. Um, uh, uh, New York on 57th Street which is now I re- relocated it to Times Square and um, and I've opened up about 180 hard rocks worldwide and hotels just before Covid I opened seven hotels I worked for a tribe the Seminole Tribe of Florida they're, they're the people that owned us they're owned it yeah yeah great people and, and the women still wear the, the old skirts the long black hair they stayed in the Everglades they didn't take the money from the American government and now they are Billionaires, wonderful people, wonderful people. But you never forgot your Bohemore oh, roots? Oh, never. I mean, I was born in 35 St. Finbarstars, and the likes of the people in Bohemore, you'll get them nowhere, I believe. And I've travelled the world. Great people, and the camaraderie. And Anne Killeen, who I hopefully is here today, she has um, um, an event up there mm. a few nights a week. And I went to it, and, you know, after 60 years, I walked in and said, Hi, Rita, hi, Rita, you know, and I walked the streets of Bohemore. Um, I had an apartment up here, and uh, some of the kids said, my nana knows you, my granddad knows you, so who's your nana? And then, it, it, you know, it, it never lost. It's up oh. our side every time. It was the late Michael Elwood, up our side all the time. Up yeah. our side. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. Us townies have to stick together, you yeah. know. The, uh, it was the late Michael Elwood that brought you to my attention many, many years ago, and uh, that's when you came in to me first, which was... I'd say that's about 30 years ago now when you came Oh, it would be, yeah. I was, I, was, I was a bridesmaid at his wedding in, in April 1964. Wow. And then they came to my wedding in June 64, yeah. Wow. Oh, great fella, you know. He used to... He used to um, do you know that man used to... Uh, used to um, leave the flat in London he'd pop up to see us like have a bit of dinner and he re- always reckoned I was a great cook or by God he wouldn't say it today you know but anyways uh, and he'd walk from Kilburn to right down to the east end of London probably 10 or 12 mile at 11 or 12 o'clock at night just to do a night Nightman's watch, you know. He's a great worker, absolutely one of the but best. You, but you were great friends, so you were. Oh, we're great friends, yeah. You yeah. know, I remember them both more as well. And uh, and Gertie is one of my best friends. And Annette Costler and Rita Rabbit. You know, they're they, they're they're all great people, great like, people. And it's people that make a community. It is it's all about the people, you know. It's it's uh, Friday the twenty fourth of February, yeah, at quarter past ten. Where in the name of God are you getting your energy from? Well, they had been buried twice a couple of months ago. I'm not <laughs> kidding. And I thought they're not going. There's plenty of oil in the old redhead yet, and, and I'm not going 82 now. And Are I'm, you? Yeah, and I'm not going anywhere now. Thank God. What do you mean they buried you twice already? We nearly well, no, did they, the same they, thing they, in our house recently. But anyway, go they, on. They, they call my they call my um, daughter and told her to come on a couple of occasions, ah, and really? I wasn't going to die. I got sepsis in there. I got MRSA. I got COVID. I got everything. But I'm out. I'm glad. Are we in the hospital for long? Uh, six months in the hospital and three months in a home. Get away. Yeah, nine months. Wow. 
Mm, nine wow. months and then one day um, Andy who was a new manager there a wonderful guy and uh, my daughter came in at three o'clock on a Monday said you're out of here by Wednesday at twelve o'clock I wasn't out of the bed for nine months they had to turn me and twist me and everything and then I thought is she mad and then the manager came in and he said right he said did you talk to Tara and I said yes and he said um, it's all up here you're going and then I came out the next day and I've never looked back never looked back Really? And you started walking and doing your own... The morning, uh, this happened to me, I walked five miles, the rugby was coming on at three o'clock. So I done my five mile walk, which I've done every, about six days a week for, since I moved to where I am. And uh, I um, came back and made a cup of tea, a bit of bread, whatever, and thought the rugby was coming on, and texted my daughter, and then I just felt a bit funny. And then I ended up in the hospital for that wow. length of time. Will mm. you stay with us if you don't mind? Uh, yeah. P- PJ Kavanagh also joins us as well. PJ, morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Keith. I'll pull you into that one there all together. How can you beat that now? Well, I couldn't. Uh, I hear her saying <laughs> that she walked five miles. I had trouble walking 500 yards some days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a good 20 years between us. So. Yeah. But your memories of... Um, your memories of more and more... Yeah. Uh, more in my mind, was a very, very different more than the one we have today. For instance, uh, if you were to start, say, just the top of Prospect Hill that people don't like to mention, <laughs> you've Lohan's Chemist there. Yes. Between Lohan's and the cemetery, up the top of the road here, yeah. we had about five shops back in that day on yeah. this side of the road alone. On the far side of the road, heading up towards the cemetery, there was at least four more shops. Okay. There was about three shops in the three different terraces. You had one in St. Finbar's, you had one in Cook's, and you had one in Lee Millow's. Today, all gone. In the terraces themselves? Yes. Yeah, because I remember, I remember um, Cameron's here, and I remember the other shops there coming down. There was Keneally's after Cameron's. Yeah. And before Cameron's, we had Millay's, which was That's just right. near the chemist. Yeah. And there was two more along the way, up around the terrace centre, where the terrace centre is now today. There was two yeah. more on that side. So, in all, there was 10 or 11 shops between Prospect Hill and the cemetery. Not a single one exists today. No. All gone. And another thing... Um, is the tunnel just not too far from where we are now? Yeah. It was many a day when PJ and some of his comrades were down there instead of being at school in St. Patrick's School, we were down there in that tunnel. Okay. So we've seen parts of Galway that uh, perhaps nobody's seen in, in for a long, long time. And the tunnel you're referring to, that's the Clifton Railway Line that's the one. tunnel yeah, going that's out, the one, yeah, which yeah, is now yeah, part yeah. of the uh, new hotel that's correct, in Prosby yeah, Till yeah, that we can't yeah. mention. Well, we used to, that's right, we used to be able to get in there. Through Tony's Field, we used to come down here through Tony's Field. It was all fields at the back of us. It was, yeah. You can see that picture behind you now. That's oh, yeah, that's yeah. actually it, as it was at the time. So Foster Court and College Road and City Hall. There, there were only a field, fields, fields yeah. and a fairy fort. That's yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was there. But we would go down through the gate here, down to those fields, down by the Magdalen and in under the tunnel. Yeah. And we'd spend half the day there when we were supposed to be at school. Maybe one of us didn't do our homework or one of us was in trouble, whatever, but mm-hmm. there'd be a gang of us. Uh, friends of mine at the time, uh, Billy Shepherd and his brother John, and Billy, a few others. Billy, Billy talented yeah, Billy. Yeah. Now, I can't be accused of squealing, because it's not really squealing now. It's history now today, because it's 50-odd <laughs> years on, so it's definitely history. But we'd, we'd go home, and our mothers and fathers always knew we hadn't been at school. Now, there was no telephones. There was nothing. no. What it was, was we had dirty tide marks up our legs <laughs> from, from walking the under the, the dirty water. And t- uh, we could never figure out how these people could know whether <laughs> we'd been at school or not. You know, and uh, those murders, murders. And uh, 
I'm also from Finbarra's Terrace, where Rita's from. Yeah. Finbarra's was built around 1934, I believe. Yeah. And uh, one of the first tenants in there would have been my grandfather, uh, Packy John Barrett. Yes. Yeah. Rita mentioned she she knew him very, very well back in the day. Yeah. yeah. She used to be up there stealing these apples. Yeah. Where, where did he have the apples? He, see, he was a bit of um, a step to on son character. Okay. He was a dealer. He had vans and trucks, and he was always buying this and buying that. He used to buy scrap metals, wool, glass, paper, apples, and even turf. Yeah. And he would sell them on again. He used to bring his metals and uh, waste paper and rags and stuff down to a guy called George Gay, who had a place down around the docks back in the day. Vaguely, yeah. Uh, I think he came here originally to escape the war, Hitler's yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. Because he was a Jew, and so he had to come yeah. to and he set up that business. So Packy John would sell his stuff onto him in turn. Mm. Um, he was a great man for having hoolies in the house. Everybody used to go to Packy John's house for a hoolie. Your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Were Good. you were you ever at a Packy John hoolie, Rita? Were you? I don't remember now. No, no you're too young for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because she, 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 she was call. still robbing apples, you see, at that stage, <laughs> so she wouldn't have been going to the holies, you know. <laughs> Come back and tell me, how could he have apples in Finbars? He used to yeah. buy them from the farmers. Oh, he'd buy them, or yeah. he didn't grow them? Not at all, I no. thought he had an orchard out the back garden. Not at all, no. He'd buy them and, he'd buy them and sell them on again. Yeah. As I said, he was a bit of a step Yeah. He was into everything. But... Uh, People and around here loved them because they in turn could, if they had any scrap metals, they'd go up and they'd knock on Peggy John's door. Or them. even glass, because people used to gather glass. I mean, there were very, very hard times. Don't worry, yeah. People did whatever they had to do to survive, mm. you know. Especially if Amby Roach was coming. Yeah. They had to have a few pennies for him. I actually think, and I'll get on to Brenda McGrath and Galway City Council uh, later, I think we need to get uh, a sculpture of Amby Roach put at the at yes. the front, at yeah. the front of Bovermore. Well, I told poor Amby Roach many lies for my mother on my mother's behalf <laughs> on a Tuesday morning he'd knock on the door and she said Peter tell him I'm not here so out I'd go the fool that I was because I'd only be five or six or seven my mammy said she's not in <laughs> stuff like this and uh, little did I know that some years later I'd end up in Monagisha Tech and Amby's son was my teacher get away Mick Roach yeah. wow yeah I had him for a PE and for English yeah well should I say he tried to teach me yeah he did his best and do you I mean they're, they're wonderful memories to have they're the best they're the best yeah you know but as I said and as Phil said earlier on there was there was no down there was no doorness there was no, no darkness there no, was no. it was survival yeah. of the ni- in the yeah. nicest possible and way as was said earlier on no door was ever locked. No. The key was always in the door. Except perhaps for a half an hour of a Tuesday morning when, when we knew that there was a certain <laughs> fella doing the rounds, you know. Now, some doors would open for him, others wouldn't. Mm. Be, Shh, stop, don't, don't say a word. He, he's outside. Yeah. But another door would open and you could have maybe Mrs. Gray out talking Tamby because she had the rent money and she could be heard from here to ear square talking out <laughs> loud. But the ones that had nothing they were mm. like mice. <laughs> and that went on, but uh, to, to being honest, I mean, I grew up in Oldmar View, and we, we spoke about this in the last week, so we did a few of us. But it was it was either put food on the table or pay the rent. That was the that's way what it was. it was. That's the way it was. And there was very few jobs. Yeah, much like today, to now it's either heat or yeah. heat yeah. or meat. You know, it's, it's you're, you're right, Peter. That's yeah, the way it is. is yeah. uh, then in the mid fifties, talking about Merview, my mother used to work in Merlin Park Hospital. She was one of the domestic staff. That's God what she bless was. her. 
Merview was, houses were only been built. The old Merview where you're from yourself. Yeah. My father was in Galway. He was actually roofing those houses. One of his uncles, Conley's, had uh, got that contract. And they were lodging over in the Western Hotel. Wow. And uh, he met my mother somewhere around the square and the rest is... History. I'm the result of that. <laughs> yeah. That was about 54, 53, 54. Uh, they would have started. met around 55 or 56. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I wow. was born in 59. And the sad thing is, currently, we have a problem with social housing. And way back then, we had buckets of social housing. Yes. And we and don't uh, have it now. As was said, for some strange reason, if somebody was decided that they were going to England or whatever because things were just too tight here, they could actually just hand the key over to another person. Yeah. And, and that and seemed to work there. for some people. Yeah. But, you know, things are very, very different today. <laughs> they are. And do you still live here? Oh, I'm in St. Anthony's, Taurus. No, I'm posh by now. I've moved out of Finbarris. <laughs> I'm in St. Anthony's. What, what is it? No, I have to be careful about this. What's the difference between Anthony's and Finbarris and Cook's? Now, you have to be delicate about this Oh, I'd be as delicate as I can. There was always rivalry between, just as there was uh, between, say, Bohemore and Merv, you guys. Yeah. No, I've never seen any of that. I think most was only stories, unless something happened down the talk with a town of a weekend, a Bohemore fellow might have a run-in with a Merv, you fellow, or a Clada, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I've never actually seen any evidence of this... Uh, pass if you can kind of thing. That's what Bohemore's yeah. called down through the years. But I never actually saw that. But the rivalry between the three. But there was definitely rivalry between each terrace and different estates, Murphy, Clada, yeah, Bohemore. Because yeah. I never actually witnessed any of that. For the younger people listening to us, the talk of the town is where the shopping centre is That's now. That's right, yeah. It was a there dance was hall and then it became a garage and yeah. then it became a... No, it was never a garage. I thought it was. No, no, it, it just closed down and it was not... Did, 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 did Mr. Leonard not sell cars? It was idle for years. Was that motors for a while? Uh, they were selling cars from there, but it was never actually a garage. It was oh only no, a showroom. Showroom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, you see, I, yeah. I'd still call them garages. Many a night I was awake all night because uh, our front window, my bedroom, was kind of looking directly down on top of Talk of the Town back in the day. Mm. So, wow. of a Friday or Saturday night, there was no sleep. You'd be rocking. Them. Well, most of Bohemore got no sleep because the. But the best, the best known. It was free entertainment. You didn't have to go down there. Just open your window and let it in. Listen, PJ, thanks for popping into us today. OBE Rita Gilligan. I'm sorry we have nothing to present you with today oh, except the company of Phil company. Kennedy for the rest of the day. It's second to none. Yeah. You can't get better. As yeah. we say, up our side. I think she's bringing you down to the Dean Hotel that's not in Prospect Hill for the lunch as well, so just be <laughs> careful. Oh, really? Listen, thank you both for joining us. <laughs> thank PJ you very Kennedy much. What Gilligan. we had was freedom. Freedom, freedom. freedom. Out the door and you can't get that today. No. The kids have driven to school. Just said we walked across the fields where the shopping centre is. Picked, if Mr. Crow wasn't around, I picked up the carrots, wiped them up, and ate them. Yeah. There was not no washing or nothing. <laughs> and we're still here, eighty two years old. And there's no those carrots must have been great because there was no loss in you altogether. Yeah. Listen, thanks for joining us. Rita Gilligan joining us and PJ Kavda. What lovely memories coming up though. Anna Killeen joins us here, and we're also joined by Margaret McFadden and Ali Ryan. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Twenty seven minutes past ten. We're with you until twelve midday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning. Should welcome into today's programme with you right through until 12 midday. Anna Killeen joins me today, as does Margaret McFadden, and uh, Ali Ryan joins us as well. Uh, Margaret, good morning to you. How are you today? I'm, I'm very well. You, you say you have very little to say today. You said Anna has all... 
I, I'm, I'm beside a very good talker who is representing... Are you saying she's a big mouth now, are you? No, I think she's just <laughs> well able to kind of tell the story of Bohermore. Anna, talk to me, Anna Killeen, and I'll come back to you, Margaret, in a moment there. Anna, um, just, just looking at Bohermore, how long have you been involved here? Well, um, the Bohermore really started, I suppose. We, I moved into Bohermore over 50 years ago, but uh, we'd say in 1982, um, the Sisters of the Assumption had uh, come into Bohermore. They lived in 50 Finbar's Terrace. I remember them, yeah. And um, they really went around to all the, all the families, of course, were very young at the time. And Sister Maura Winston at the at the time um, she wanted to start a preschool for the children mm-hmm. so uh, when that was up and running um, she said uh, with the talk of all the women around they wanted a club so the ladies club on a Tuesday night started wow. so that uh, was the beginning and how has that I know Covid would have put pay to that but how, how is that is that club still going uh, that club is still going but at the time uh, we live the uh, corporation gave us uh, a house in Finbar's Terrace mm. number 13 and play school was down downstairs downstairs and we were upstairs wow. and from there then when they refurbished the community centre we moved over there so there was a lot of activities then you know there was adult education and we travelled up all of Ireland with the club and um, you know we did a lot of we did a lot of um, I can't even remember. We've done so much, I'm trying to but just But you know think. what, though, but it made a difference to the quality of life that people had. Yeah, and it was great fun. And we, all the women got together. Yeah. And we all got to know each other, and the children got to know each other. And yeah. it started up, there was, uh, you know, a swimming club from the sisters now. Yeah. The sisters, so it turned into a community more project thing. Mm. And the sisters had it then. And uh, there was swimming lessons that were taught to swim. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of clubs, a lot of boys clubs and girls clubs. And yeah. The first year we did uh, Sleeping Beauty and we had great fun. Kids thought it was hilarious oh, to where see. Where did you put that on? In the community centre, was it? Yes, yes. Wow. And we had 25 years of it. Wow. Uh, putting on, pl- on plays, yeah. you know. But a lot of people came into Bohemore and uh, we had great help and you know there was but in that 50 years you've seen a change I mean we were talking here you're on to Jerry Trainer about the uh, traffic here you know the traffic here is, is quite quite significant oh now. it is yeah, Going through, uh, yeah. yeah but of course when you talk about 50 years ago Bohemore was a completely different place yeah yeah you know it was really you know I mean there was no play area you know um, we had the fields down here of course at the, the back of the main Bohemore road yeah. where my Cora Killeen, my husband's Lord rest him, and that's where the kids played. Wow. Was down there, yeah. Wow, yeah. But at the back of Tonerys here. At the back of Tonerys there. And they yeah. went all the way up then to College Road and over behind the Magdalen yeah, Laundry and, they and up. Yeah, all the uh, down into the tunnel, as that lad was saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, the figurehead at the time was the sisters in Bohemore. Mm. They changed everything, really. And is there any presence from the sisters now? Yeah, well, we have Margaret, and she's still involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I should have called you Sister Margaret then. No, well, well Margaret. I call her Sister Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> 
I should have called you sister. No, Margaret's perfectly all no, right. I'm going to call you sister, Margaret, now, say I'm just for the fun of it all together. And how did you come into um, Bohemore? I came into Bohemore 23 years ago to be um, kind of help with the youth projects. So I was involved with the youth for 12 years. And then after 10, about 12 years ago, the project was handed over to the local community and it became a limited company. Wow. And the sisters kind of knew it was time for other people to direct where it was going mm. and to plan for the future. But you stayed in the community? I stayed in the community and I'd be involved with the clubs and I'd be still very interested in the involvement around Bohemore. And it's a great local community to live and I live I'm I, I think I'm upper class I live in Finbars even <laughs> PJ thinks he's gone upper class going around the corner but, but I mean so you've devoted your life to helping other people yeah well I spent 10 years in Ennis working with the traveling people and 12 years in Belfast and around the traveling people as well and then you came so to So I'm blessed now to have very good neighbours who are travellers as well as other people as well. But you see, I mean, there, there was quite a population of the travelling community but in Bournemouth, but they've all morphed into... You're all one now, Yeah, so we're, all we're all one, one, one now. Yes, no, there, there, we should, there, we should yeah. really yeah. drop the word traveller yeah, because they're yeah. all just yes, Irish people. We're all yeah. Irish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in the community all it's, got together. Once the activity started in the Bournemouth Club, everybody was involved in it. But didn't... It, and I know I'm, I'm running a bit late now, but didn't people have vision to bring the sisters into Bohemore. Yeah, they did really. Didn't well, they? we were blessed to be invited into Bohemore and to live amongst such a great people mm. and to be still supported by the people of Bohemore. Yeah. But so everybody in Bohemore volunteered. It was all volunteers at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we went to um we went to Belfast with uh, Cooperation North, the ladies' club. They yeah. came down and we went back. You know, and we wrote a book. I want to get that in. We wrote a book and Mary McAleese came to our club. And, and launched it. Yes, yeah. and oh, myself yeah. and Bridges did a community development course and that's the club we're running on a Friday, mm -hmm. uh, the senior citizens, and you know. And just want to say, wonderful people came into Bohemore and helped us in lots and lots of ways. And a lot, we would not have been able to do a lot of this without the funders and that's the community education and the HSC and uh, the GRETGB. GRETB yeah. as well. Yeah. Sister Margaret, and uh, when she got going though, isn't she great? She doesn't want to stop now at all. She wants my job full time no, now. No, I, everybody. Well, <laughs> Anna Killeen has certainly a gift of bringing people together and bringing a bit of fun to all the dull days that might be around. Listen, stay with me if you don't mind. I want to go to Ali, who joins me uh, as well here on the uh, programme. Ali Ryan, good morning to you this morning. How are good morning, you? Good morning, Keith. I, I'm told... I'm tired. I'm, you're tired. Why are you tired? I just got off the boat this morning from the UK. Good <laughs> did you Did you come over especially to us? Well, I was over there for 10 days. Okay. And this guy here beside you yeah. um, kept calling me while yeah. I was in Plymouth and... Oakhampton and Exeter and it was even on a bus 
when he called me. Well, I should have, I should have called it Dick Turpin's coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's been calling me all week as well, so I do think he, does, he just wants to stay on the phone altogether. Now, a very good source has said to me that you are true and true. Her name is um, Phil Kennedy. You're true and true, Bohemore, so you are. Well, um, I grew up across the road from Phil. And, um, so you can tell me stories we, afterwards. We started, a, we started an affair when we, were, we made our communion. Yeah. And it's existed to this day. <laughs> Just don't tell Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes well, back that far. Holy yeah. communion. Down in St. Pat's. Old St. Pat's at the time. Well, we, yeah. Um, I started off in the Mon. You know, down in Market Street. Yeah, and where then the car uh, park is and now. then because I wasn't old enough, I got I ended up down the Mercy. The baby Mercy was it? Yeah, down there and Francis uh, then, Street. Then when I got to the age for first class in St Pat's, that I went there. Yeah, there were different times in St Pat's. Different times, yeah, very what, much. Roughly, what what year was that? Roughly, um, I think I went into. Um, 54, I think. Uh, I was in the last class that was formed in the Mon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And has life been good to you? And you've never forgotten, more than everybody else, you've never forgotten Bormore? Never forgotten it, no. Um, life's been pretty good to me. I've travelled about, like, you know, I left Galway when I was 16. My last job was actually the half factory. Yeah. I was the messenger boy. <laughs> What did a messenger boy do then? Was it telegrams? And well, no, not telegrams. Uh, what I used to do was uh, I used to make up the cartons, you know, for the hats. Yeah. That would be dispatched. Um, then when hats had to be sent off quickly, express sort of thing, they'd put onto the messenger bike and I'd cycle down to the railway station. Put them on the train. Put them on the train. Yeah. So you had, the, you had the big basket on the front? Be, uh, no, no, it, it, because we had to put baskets on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a flat one. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And also, I used to deliver the... Ba you mentioned baskets. I used to deliver the baskets to the home workers. Get away. Annie Tierney and Cook's Terrace and uh, he, her, um, her sister-in-law lived in Finbar's Terrace. I used to deliver to her. Wow. Yeah. And you, where are you living now? Where am I living? I'm here in Galway. In Galway all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but not in Bormore. Yeah. I did come back. I came back in 82, uh, and I lived with my mother in St. Anthony's Terrace. Yeah. And the house is still uh, part of the family. Good. Um, but uh, as I say, Phil's family lived across the road. And but when you sit here today and we're reminiscing and we're talking mm -hmm. and all of that, does it bring back the fondest of memories? Absolutely. Good. Positive memories. Positive memories because, yeah. uh, like, you know, um, I can walk up the street, like, you know, and I can meet people every day and say hello, everything. You know, um, uh, when I was in London, I met up with guys from Baltimore. Yeah. Clemmy Devereaux, Johnny Dodd, um, Frank Dodd, his nephew, and... That, like, great you know, names, great, great, great Galway yeah, names. Yeah. Tony Murphy from Water Lane, and, and I met even Sean Fitzpatrick uh, in, on the Waterloo Road in London. Yeah, you know that sort of thing, and it all that connection was there all the time, and mm. I always hankered to come back to Bournemouth. And that's when I came back in '82. Well, it's great to have you, Sotis, and thanks for coming back. Did you did you get dressed up for the morning? Did you? No, no, I was dressed up yesterday. I was at a, 
I was at an event in Exeter and um, I had to rush to the train so and then when I got to um, Hollyhead I changed I sort of changed yeah, you know, changed on me. The glads, other glad rags. You must be tired now if you travelled overnight. I'll be okay. Yeah, Phil is rubbing your shoulders there, saying, "Of course, you see, I told you the affair is still going." I cannot broadcast that, Rita Gilligan. Thank you. Listen, lovely to have you. Thanks for joining us today, and to Anna, thanks for joining us. Sister Margaret, I have to call you Sister Margaret. You don't look like a Sister Margaret. You've lovely bright colours on you. And Ollie Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Let's take a short commercial break. I want to take the City Tribune headlines, and Breda Crow joins us with John Hardiman next. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in. Welcome to you live from Tonerys today, where the fun is only mighty. And let me go to Dave O'Connell, who joins me briefly today with the City Tribune headlines. Uh, Dave, morning to you. Morning, Keith. Lovely to hear my old buddy, Ollie Ryan, there, among many others. Great programme. How's it going, like... Come here to me, there's a problem with the scale of the proposed primary care centre on West Side there as well. Well, there is, yeah. The City Council has told the backers of this uh, proposed facility off the Seamus Kirk Road to reduce the nine-storey design and possibly drop the ambulance space there. You'll know the background of this Valley Healthcare uh, seeking permission to develop on three acres of land as part of the O'Higgins uh, family land up there. Uh, to be accessed off a, a new road off the Seamus Kirk Road, like a junction there. It's a, it's a visionary plan, 300 staff, uh, tremendous facilities there, but the City Council has balked at the idea of it being up to nine storeys high. They're looking at something one or two down from that, more in line with the, uh, the student accommodation complex, which is the other side of the road near the West Side Shopping Centre, uh, which would be six to seven storeys high when, uh, if and when it's completed. So that's page four, Keith. Good stuff. Now, the Martin Roundabout saga goes on and on and on. I was on it during the week as well, and I'm not surprised that it goes on and on and on. I'm surprised you're not still on it uh, because it was uh, scheduled for completion last summer. But the City Council's latest best guess is April. Uh, this has been blamed on, and there's a list, uh, supply chain chain issues relating to the war in Ukraine, COVID restrictions in China, Brexit and the fallout from the Suez Canal blockage of 2021. To be honest, everything but a, a plague of locusts uh, hitting Galway at some stage. So the saga well covered on page five today. And uh, uh, hopefully the next time we're talking about this, Keith, we'll be, we will be driving quickly on an office. Now, your lead story this morning is the Goldwood Chamber is looking for a traffic czar for the city as well. Yeah, um, I plan to ask the teacher to appoint a special envoy. I was thinking when I saw a special envoy, uh, if the great late George Mitchell was still around, uh, although the northern peace process would be nothing compared to solving Galway's uh, traffic problems, but... This is to overcome obstacles on uh, key transport projects plagued by delays, as it's put. We know what the one that's most plagued is the, um, obviously, the, the, the ring road. Uh, Leo Varadkar is on a visit to the city this weekend, and part of that is a briefing with the, the chamber, and they will have Galway's transport strategy front and centre in that. So I'm not sure if there's a person alive who's up to task, uh, but if there is, I sure hope they find them. Including sport, uh, what else have you got for us in today's wonderful City Tribune, um, Dave? Well, well, loads in there, as you say, in sport. Uh, Galway United is uh, home to Trinity United this weekend. Keith Kelly has been chatting to uh, Vince Borden, Galway's uh, latest American import. So that's a nice piece there. Uh, loads of photographs. The Mayo Association's annual gathering in Galway, Father Griffin, Air Oak, 75th anniversary. 
last week's uh, last weekend's Fionn Razor uh, fashion show uh, for Fionn Silk. And because of where you are, I have to mention this one. Willie Henry has the story of Bohermore, uh, once known as the King's Highway. I'm not sure that they'd be thrilled with that uh, particular affinity, but uh, there are so many interesting facts and aspects, things that I didn't know about Bohermore. Uh, I'm sure your guests know all about it, but nonetheless, for all the rest of us, it's a bit like you, you've heard the programme, now read the book. So it's mm. two pages in the paper today. All right, Dave. Listen, thanks for joining us. Have a good and safe weekend and talk to you um, next week on the program. Dave O'Connell from the City Tribune joining us uh, today. Uh, I want to go to uh, two other guests uh, who joins me. Breda Crow joins me indeed from uh, Crow's here uh, in the heart of Bohemore. Breda, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks for joining us uh, morning today on the program. Your bar goes back a long way. Yeah, our bar goes back to 1901. It's a long time ago. Now, that's as far back as we could go. We tried to go back in the history of it some years ago. And we know I couldn't get back further than 1901. But we know it was a bar in 1901. And you were involved up until recently, very heavily involved. I was, yeah. I was. I came to town in 1971. I met my late husband, Gus, in 71. And we got married in 1973. And and you, I mean, it's it's a very close-knit community here. Extremely close. I mean, my best friends were my customers, really. Yeah. Do you know that all the customers there I couldn't get over? Bohemore, when I came to it first, it wasn't a place I'd frequented before that. I wasn't used to pub life. I yeah. was as far removed from pub life as I was then. Where did you come from? I came from Gort. So there's a big change coming into the heart of the city. Huge change. I was in Cones, in the office in Cones, the late Rhinel Cone, Lord Timmersinum, and I worked from in Gort, so when they opened in Galway, you might even remember seeing and it why there. Why wouldn't Edford I found that as well? Peter Malloy. Peter Malloy, yeah. great friend of mine as well. And um, they asked me to move to Galway with them to set up the office. Mm. So the rest is history. And did you live over the pub then? In yes, we lived over the pub till 1996. Gus passed away suddenly in 1992, mm-hmm. sick for a few weeks. So there was, I had five lads. The eldest was 18 and the youngest was five. Wow. So we had to you get had our, to, You had to work. We had to work. It was hard work, but we had good times as well. And I had great friends. You know, I had great friends. There was a lot of lads coming into the bar that looked out for my children and let me know if there was anything wrong going on and mm. I had a sister in Rinmore, still have and herself and her husband were there at hand and I have a brother still living in Gort in Clun, Bernard and his Good wife on. and Gus's sisters and two brothers and they were all around me they were all there. So you had great support great support. And yet they got into politics Brida? They got into politics no matter what I do. <laughs> you, did your, you did your best. The aunts and I did my best I did my best. They did their best but they Maybe got it has got them out of trouble I don't know whether it has not. But it got them out or got them into it? It's, it's, it's I got it. them into trouble I should say probably yeah but they were good. They were good they didn't give me too much hassle. I uh, know you have a good family. Listen will you just stay with me uh, I want to go to John Hardiman. Uh, John you've what is a clad man doing in uh, Bohemore, will you tell me? <laughs> I don't know, but I have a long association here. As I was uh, general manager of Connacht Mineral Waters for many years from the late 80s, so I would have re- frequented all the establishments here as well. Crows, Tom McGrath, the Travellers that time. Yeah. Paddy Fahey's, you had Hogan's, believe it or not, yeah. He doesn't look old enough for you to tell No, he doesn't, but I know John a long time now. I know John a long time. 
have a long association here and I would know a lot of the neighbours. I see Anna King there, Bridie and many others today. So and did you meet Phil? Nice did to you? meet him. Huh? Did you meet Phil? Just there now. Oh, yeah. oh, first time? Just there. Well, no, I think I've met before. You, you would remember if you did. So. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but I, I mean, so. you're talking about the kind of mineral water then and yeah. you're heavily involved in sport as well. Yeah. So it's all... It's, it, it's integrated, Jeff. Yeah, it is, integrated, yeah. Integrated, Jeff, in that sense of the word. But there's know? a great sense of community here and always has been. Absolutely. Uh, I've always enjoyed over the years... My aunt and uncle, Sean Scully and Chrissy, lived in Lee Mellows Terrace. So, obviously, I'd have a, I'd always be the going in and out of there. And we had uh, myself and Sean Scully had greyhounds together years ago and all that kind of stuff. So I forgot yeah. you had greyhounds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so he walked them for you. You didn't walk them. Oh, I did. I did. Yes. Believe it or not, <laughs> I ran as well as walked. So I done both. Yeah. Wow. I done both. You know. And again, just to see it now and the, the, the traffic coming through it and the vibrancy of it and mm. the lovely stories that we have today, it's, it's a magical spot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I, John asked me about the hat factory, but that's where Conic Mineral Water is located. That's right. It In, came out of Lumber Street. There was three places, actually. There was High Street, Middle Street and Lumber Street. And uh, it was vacated for a number of years and the hat factory opened its doors in 1938. Mm. And what happened there was the, Sean Lamas was looking for European investment because the whole uh, economics were very poor in this country. So all of a sudden, this guy called Marcus Wilson met a fellow called Henry Orbach. Mm. And what they done is they, 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 he persuaded Henry Orbach to come here and set up uh, that, what's called the hat factory. Mm. And they brought in technicians and designers and all that. And like there was 100, 100 plus female workers there and there was 50 plus male workers there and they produced something like 1200 hats every day I mean the stories are amazing so it was vacated for a number of years and Paul O'Dea with John uh, Paul O'Dea and uh, Johnny Cotter they decided that they could bring all their business together and locate it there in and they were ahead of their time as well yep. and then you went in 1980 I joined early 80s and I worked through the whole system and I was general manager from 1980 onwards yeah. alright I'm sorry I have to leave you but yeah. John Herdeman thanks for joining us Brida thank you for joining us you're looking fantastic I hope now they're bringing you Ollie's going to bring you somewhere for a bit of lunch or oh something. certainly they don't neglect me in that way Tony that's okay that's, <laughs> that's what we want to hear uh, we're heading towards the 11 o'clock news uh, live from Tony's we have some lovely guests to come next stay tuned for that and more to come but let's head back to studio one let's go to the 11 o'clock news and death notices and we're back just after these Galway Talks in association with Tesco click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you 